That is the sound of the bell of round number 10, fight number 6, Pacific Coast Boxing. You know where you're at, folks. Here you go. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ranchos al ligado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado. Rick, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? You know, just excited to talk about um, this past weekend. Absol- boxing. Absolutely, Rick. Big weekend. That happened. You know, we talked about April being a big month mm-hmm. of boxing. In fact, really the month of boxing. And if April was the biggest month, then this past weekend was by far the biggest weekend of April, Rick, packed with four cards. No, yeah, definitely. You know, it was just, you know, one after another. You know, it started at, uh, you know, I said 515, but it started, what, about 445? Yeah, it started a little yeah. <laughs> early. I got to say, Rick, I got to say, I went on your word. Uh-huh. I was getting ready, of course, for my uh, golf tournament singles match, which, by the way, I did polish my opponent away. Yeah. I'm on my, on my, thank you. I'm on my way to the championship. But um, in June at the Fantasy Springs, by the way, mm-hmm. where we're going to be at in a couple of weeks for the, uh, the Golden Boy card. But yeah, thank you for that. I woke up, get all set, and the Triple G fights in round number three. I set my alarm for 5.15. Like, yeah. I, I read an article said, hey, the walkouts are going to happen 5.15. Yeah. I took them for their word. Yeah. I put it on, fifth round. Yeah, obviously somebody in their PR department, you know, is not listening to our podcast. Yeah. They should have known, and they, if anything, they should have reached out to us mm-hmm. directly and let us know that, yeah. hey, you're misleading your fans. They're gonna, they may miss yeah. the first couple rounds of the fight. Well, either way, what a fight it was, mm-hmm. okay, um, you also, again, we're going to get into all these. In fact, we're going to, we're going to have to have at least two segments because there's just way too many fights. Yeah. Break down that one. I definitely have a lot to say about the Ryan Garcia fight uh-huh. and some of his comments afterwards about, I'm not going to make any more call outs. I'll tell you why that's the pot calling the proverbial kettle black, Rick. <laughs> um, you had, of course, right. Didn't want to say it, Rick. I wanted to wait until we get to it, mm-hmm. but, um, your lock of the week. I don't know what the percentage yeah. is on a lock of the week. It's, but... it's at about 99.5%. Okay. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Gabriel Rosado, you know, didn't show up for that fight. And, yeah. Uh, you know, made me look kind of bad. I had mentioned, Rick, that it was the first time that you had, and I don't keep record of these things, uh, but I have a pretty good memory. And I don't remember you. I, in fact, I'm not even going to go on a limb. I think every fighter that you had picked for your lock of the week, their combined total losses were not the amount of losses that Gabriel Rosado has on his record. <laughs> Okay, you yeah. picked a guy that had 14 losses, and I had mentioned mm-hmm. that last week. Yeah. But you were very confident. I had told you, I think Mosley was going to step up and be ready for this fight. Yeah, you, you know, I think no, no one other than you had that. <laughs> um, even the announcers were kind of baffled by what was going on. Um, you know, and uh, you know, just listening to Freddie Roach, yeah. he was completely confused at what was going on. Yeah, I wasn't, Rick. I wasn't. I mean, again, okay, we'll talk about yeah. it when we get there, but... I, again, I don't always get them right, Rick, but I do most of the time, yeah. okay? And I saw this coming. I, I think his uh, his kind of little meteoric rise to, to some sort of prominence in mm-hmm. boxing, he's back, I think, to where he should be, right? Uh, back in my uh, radar, by the way. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he's done. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I think at this point, I mentioned to you before we came on, you yeah. know, I probably take you in a fight over Rosado right now. We said, Rick, give me eight weeks. It'll yeah. it'll take eight weeks, and now at a, at a catch weight. But mm-hmm. so yeah, so we'll talk about that fight. Of course, we had the Michaela Mayer fight. We had the Towering Inferno and Lubin. Mm-hmm. What a fight that was! Yeah. We'll get into that one. I think it was stopped too early, mm-hmm. but I'd like to see what you thought about that. Yeah. Um, also, some controversy with the the ice throwing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who the heck is throwing it's, their it's drink? Interesting. You know, it was. Uh, yeah. You know, well, we'll get into it when we when we get to the fight. You know, yep. But uh, I have my uh, suspicions on who it was. Yeah. No, I'd like to hear them. Um, interesting, by the way. Right. The main event um, of the Rosado and Mosley Jr. fight was, mm-hmm. of course, Garcia and Tago, and that place took place in San Antonio, which De La Hoya has now turned basically the mecca of boxing record. He says, "You're not a true fighter." Unless you fight in front of a San Antonio crowd. Yeah. Didn't you know, know it, that. Yeah, it's funny that he brings that up because um, I can't remember another big or, or a big fight that was in San Antonio. Yeah. I know Canelo's had maybe one or two. Yeah. But other than that, you know, can he, you remember a big card in San Antonio? He, he beat David Kamau, okay, back in the day uh-huh. is, is where I believe he beat, uh, he beat him in San Antonio. But no, right? Yeah. 
I mean, the Alamo, of course, right? That was a big <laughs> fight, Rick. <laughs> yeah. If you're talking about that, if you're talking only boxing, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was kind of a big historical fight that took place there. Yeah. But no, I mean, and by the way, I'm not demeaning San Antonio by no. any stretch, right? They had 12,000 plus there. They evidently had to have like an extra 3,000 seats to accommodate. So they're good fight fans, uh-huh. right? There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Te- Texas is a good fight state, and that's a great fight city. But, you know, you're not a fighter unless you fight in front of a San Antonio crowd. What happened to Madison Square Garden? What happened to, you know, Las Vegas, Caesars Palace? Mm-hmm. What about right here, Rick? What about at the Olympic Auditorium or the Forum in L.A.? Yeah. Right? You know, there's plenty of other places that they could have had that fight. Um, you know, I had my I have my suspicions as well on why they picked that that. Uh, venue. Yeah, well, and, and they got to move them around, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. They have to, they can't just keep, um, you know, Ryan Garcia in a bubble, right, and only expose him to Southern California. He is the product. And even though obviously you can watch on television, et cetera, it is different attending it in person. Yeah. So no. I do understand them having to, you know, having to get him out there. No, and I, and I think, you know, w- w- what it could be is, you know, get him away from all the friends and family and all the pressures. And, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, Getting him away, getting him to Texas, he's not going to have you know all the um, all the distractions, the distractions yeah. you know that he probably had you know if 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 he would have had it at home. No, that's a very good point, right? Yeah. Very good point. So we've got all the fights. Like I said, uh, really want to get into a lot of those fights, all of them: the Garcia fight, the Triple G fight, the Fundura Lubin, like mm-hmm. we talked about, the um, Michaela Mayer fight, the Rosado Mosley. Um, and then, of course, there's some boxing news. You got uh, Mayweather Jr. Mayweather Jr. Is is back in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of Mayweather, uh, Mayweather Jr., Rick, we are on round number 10 yep. of this uh, wonderful podcast. Podcast number 85, by the way. Uh, listen for some special events taking place for podcast number 100. But round number 10 that we're in, we always talk about a fight that resonates. And I got to go with one of your favorite fighters, Rick. And this was Ricky Hatton, Rick, mm-hmm. back on December 8th, 2000, and I'm going to screw up the dates now. Uh, the Saturday, sorry. 2007. Yeah, 2007, um, December 8th, and this is Ricky Hatton, 43-0 and Ricky Hatton, Rick, um, mm-hmm. losing in the 10th round to Floyd Mayweather Jr. And I'm going to say not only losing, but getting completely outclassed. Yeah, no, it. Um, I was hoping for... Um, Hatton pulling this uh, fight off, um, you know, it's a big welterweight uh, clash, two undefeated fighters, you know, both, you know, hovering around that, you know, 40 and 0 mark. Yeah. And, um, you know, was a huge, huge fight at the time. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? Again, when you look back, right, we forget a lot of the the lead ins and some of the facts, right, that mm-hmm. that why. For me, right, by the way, it didn't make sense other than financially. So Ricky Hatton had been fighting really up until that point at 140 pounds. That's yeah. where he won the um, the super welterweight uh, championship, junior welterweight, whatever you want to call it. Um, so this was his first fight, Rick, at 147. Mm-hmm. And, of course, right, so you would think, right, ideally – you you first take somebody to tune up, right? Yeah. Just to kind of get ready, to kind of get used to, kind of test your power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how is Ricky Hatton's power? What is he going to do to a 147-pounder? Instead, he goes right for the top guy, Floyd Mayweather Jr., yeah. who is not Ricky Hatton's type of fighter. He's not going to sit in the pocket and exchange punches. He's going to outbox him. He's going to move, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. No, it, it, it was, uh, you know, kind of sad. You know, he, was, he kept trying to... Um, he kept charging after him. He wasn't there when he hit him. You know, I remember uh, Mayweather, you know, slipping a punch, yeah. hitting him with the punch, and then Hatton hitting himself in the corner. Yeah. You know, WWE stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it turned out to be a mismatch. And again, we love Ricky Hatton, right? He gave us gave mm-hmm. us a lot of good fights. Ricky Hatton, of course, right? Not known, Rick, as the most disciplined fighter in between fights. No, no. He definitely, uh, he, he would balloon up, you know, over 40 pounds, you know, and was nicknamed Ricky Fatton. Yeah, yeah, for 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 a uh, for a reason, right? Yeah. So, um, so there you have it, right? And and again, this was like one of a long string, of fighter of fights for Floyd Mayweather Jr. Of mm-hmm. course, right? We can get into a whole topic about him, about you know, did he fight fighters when they were right? You know, before they got to their prime, like Canelo, was it? Well, they were four or five fights after their prime. But if you look at that, right? Um, he had beaten Oscar De La Hoya uh-huh. right before this. Then he beats. Ricky Hatton. After Ricky Hatton, he beats Juan Manuel Marquez. Then he beats Mosley. 
Then he meets Victor Ortiz and the infamous headbutting and sucker punch. And if I was your age, I uh, 50 years, whatever, I would kick your ass incident, yeah. right? With Larry Merchant. And then he beats the Ghost, beats Canelo, beats Maidana twice, beats uh, Pacquiao, Berto, and then McGregor. So yeah. you could say what you want, but when you look at the list of fighters that Mayweather Jr. fought, it was a who's who. No, yeah, uh, but it's um, and I think there's uh, I think we did a stat of the week. I think he he's beaten more former champions, you know, than anybody else in boxing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't you can't take that away from him, right? Of course, on the other side, Ricky Hatton, right before uh, he lost, again, this guy was undefeated, right before he beats uh, or loses to Mayweather, he had just beaten uh, Jose Luis Castillo, uh-huh. right? KOs him in round four. Na- a nasty body shot in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even after he, he loses to Mayweather, he beats Juan Lascano and then beats Pauli Malinaji, yeah. right? And then, of course, gets knocked out brutally against uh, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. And man. then there was one more fight, and then he called it a career. Mm-hmm. So there you go, Rick. Uh, there's your round number 10. All right, so here's what's happening today. A lot to talk about. We got the uh, we got the fights that happened over the weekend. Mm-hmm. We got to cover all those. We got the big fights coming up, Rick. You got Spence and Ugas. Yeah, looking forward to it. You know, the, the Cuban right. That's right, the Cuban right. The You've got a lot of good fights on the undercard, mm-hmm. by the way, Rick. Yeah. That, that card is stacked. Don't forget, you got the return of Ruben Villa. Yeah, that's taking place this Friday in Ontario. That's a good fight. That's a good venue. If you're local here to Southern California, show up and watch it. You're not going to be disappointed. Also, not going to be disappointed in our breakdown of all the fights that took place over the weekend. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz back with Rick Prado. Don't forget to hit us up, PacificCoastBoxing.com. Every podcast is updated. Of course, you can also find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, pretty much anywhere. All you got to do is Google us and you'll find us. Email us, counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com, Instagram at PacificCoastBoxing, Twitter at PacCoastBoxing. So you want to reach us, you can find us. All right, Rick, let's get into the fights that happened over the weekend. I can't wait. Yeah, no, um, you know, we'll start with the uh, Triple G card. You know, it was uh, the first um, fights of the day, you know, started about 445. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for the hot tip. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, by the time I started watching it, it was already in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, You know, Triple G uh, wins by ninth round uh, TKO over uh, Ryota Murata. And the fight kind of went to script, Rick. Okay, yeah. we were we were right on with this one. Okay, I know I had, um, I think we both did. I, I yeah. had Triple G knocking him out late. Mm. Okay, it was the perfect opponent for Triple G. Okay, yeah. it was a guy again. We I, I had said this last week. Uh, Maradasan, right? The heart of a, of a of a samurai warrior, Rick. Okay, yeah. but certainly not the technical abilities of one yeah. uh, on the on the battlefield. Certainly not in the squared circle. Okay, he stands right in front, right in the pocket. Right, yeah. gets hit very easy. Right, the only advantage he had going in, and that is that he was the younger fighter, the taller fighter. Yeah. But other than that, okay, zero defense. And I'll tell you what, early it looked like Triple G could be in trouble. Yeah. No, it definitely did. You know, unfortunately, when I put it on in the fifth round, yeah, and I watched the end of that, you know, fifth round, sixth round, I, I was kind of, hey, Murata's looking pretty good, and Triple yeah. G's looking a right. little old, right? Um, you know, which I think, you know, that's all part of it. You know, that's why you know we're getting the Canelo fight at the yeah. end of this year. Is at this point, Triple G looks old. Yep. You know, s- still strong, still powerful punch, but, um, just. Isn't the same Triple G from five six years ago? No, Rick. It's like the uh, it's like a you know the last thing to go right yeah. of, of a fighter is that big punch. It's like mm-hmm. you could still hit the fastball if you know it's coming. You can yeah. hit that ninety eight mile of fa- you know mile an hour fastball down the plate. But sticking to the baseball theme, Rick, he's like that pitcher that you know maybe he can get by an inning or two, mm-hmm. right, by throwing crafty pitches. But you're not going to get through the lineup twice anymore. No. And that's Triple G, okay? He's not going to be able to beat the elite fighters. He's slow. He's plodding. He was easy to hit. He, I mean, the, here's the deal. I didn't have him beating Derevochenko, okay? Yeah. And, and, and the secret sauce there was going to the body, 
mm-hmm. right? That's very impactful, and it makes sense not only for any fighter, but especially when you're 40 years old, okay, and you're getting hit by elite fighters, yeah. right? With those ganchos aligado, just imagine what Canelo's okay torpedoes to the body are going to mm-hmm. do to Golovkin. Yeah, okay? no, it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be pretty. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Canelo's fighting him at the perfect time. He knows. Yeah. Hey, I'm knocking this guy out. Yeah. And I don't even know if it goes five or six. Well, here's the thing, right? I think it's going to be similar to the script with Caleb Plant. Mm-hmm. If you recall, right, we all thought, so did I did, that yeah. he was going to take care of that. He was going to finish Plant off really quickly. But Canelo's very patient. Yeah. And by the way, Canelo's slowing up a bit himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's he's no spring chicken either. So he's going to be patient, right? If he and, and by the way, this is if. Canelo gets by Bivol. Yeah. Although maybe even if he doesn't, he's still going to fight Triple G because mm-hmm. it could be a big money fight. Mm-hmm. But this didn't help. Uh, even though, okay, he won, so technically he's punched his ticket yeah. to fight Canelo. This didn't help promote the fight, by the way. No. Because yeah, I, I, listen to what we're saying, right? It just showed us how Canelo's going to pretty much blast him. Mm-hmm. No, it, the knockout was impressive, but the lead up to the knockout yeah. Was the part where we're kind of like I don't know, you know, it's it it it's not going to be a good outcome when he fights Canelo. No, it's not. And again, we we saw it against mm-hmm. Dervachenko. We saw it here against you know Murata. It's one of those things, right? Where they say, well, a fighter, right? You can age overnight, mm-hmm. right? Um, Triple G's been aging over the last few yeah. years, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's just and it's a matter of time, and he's going to fight. You know, Canelo's still in his prime, even though you know he's getting close yeah. to not being in his prime. He still is, and and it's going to be ugly. Again, hats off to Triple G. He did what he had to do, but this is the perfect opponent, man. Yeah, no, in, in Murata. Yeah, it's just, yeah, uh, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, that we're going to see the Canelo fight. Yeah, you know, uh, two years too late. Yeah, and um, you know, but in. He still wants this fight because yeah. he knows he's not going to make any the the money fighting anybody else. Yeah, and the thing is, is who else is he going to fight? Yeah, you know because he's already pretty much, in my opinion, he already got beat by one of the top middleweights in, mm-hmm. in Dervachenko. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not going to fight a Charlo. That's not going to happen. No, you know the the only th- other thing I can see is maybe fighting a Jaime Munguia. Yeah, if for whatever reason, say Canelo loses and they don't want to make that fight in September. Yeah. Maybe a Jaime Munguia fight. Yeah, no, I would agree. Yeah, I that's would agree. the only other opponent. Yeah, and he probably, not probably, and he has a much better chance against yeah. Munguia because Munguia mm-hmm. gets hit more. Mm-hmm. But Munguia, by the way, way too young, way too yeah. much youth, and a, and hits a lot harder than Murata. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Um, also, we have the uh, the Showtime card. Uh, yeah. Erickson Lubin, um, the corner stoppage um, yeah. against Sebastian Fandora. You know, exciting fight. Uh, Lubin down early, Fedora down, and um, you know the corner stopped the fight probably because uh, you know the grotesque looking face. Yeah, I, first of all, right, I'm I, I called this one incorrectly. Yeah. Right, that's that's a rarity for me, Rick. So mm-hmm. I had it the other way around. Right, I had Lubin uh, stopping Fedora late. Yeah. Okay, I thought that Lubin was going to outbox him. I thought Lubin was going to get inside again, Fedora. For being the tall, you know, six five towering inferno that he is, doesn't fight tall. He likes yeah. to fight in the pocket and in close. I thought that Lubin would use that to his advantage, and he did at times. Okay. And I'm gonna tell you something, Rick. I get it, right? To your point, the word you use grotesque is a good um uh description of, of how he looked, but I didn't think he was that hurt. Yeah. Okay, know, and by the way, he was up on two of the judges mm-hmm. uh cards, Rick. Yeah. I didn't by, get the stop by a round, but yeah, it, it uh, unless that corner, you know, they're not really saying anything. Unless that corner knew, hey, maybe a, a cheekbone is broken here, yeah. eye socket broken here, um, you know, maybe they knew more than they were letting on. Yeah. Um, but even then, you know, it gets stopped, and you know, we we talked about it earlier. Ice yeah. is thrown at the yeah. uh, trainer. Yeah. The trainer had to be held back. You know, yeah. He went back through the rope. Yeah. You know, and and was trying to go after whoever threw that. Yeah, and you suspect you think it was uh, Lubin's family. I, I, I suspect you know it's it's Lubin's family. They did show <laughs> in between rounds. Yeah, you know, uh, I think those were his brothers yeah. sitting there with uh, drinks in their hand. Uh-huh. Then they pan. You know, the dad was sitting in his chair watching the fight. You know, so um, 
you know, that's who I would suspect. Yeah. You know, they, they did pan to them and they yeah. were, they were, did have alcoholic yeah. beverages with them. Yeah. You know. But here's the thing, right? Yeah. Assuming that it was them or, or whoever it was, yeah. right? Obviously, whoever it was had, had a good seat. Were they throwing the ice because they felt the stoppage was too early? Or they felt they should have stopped it sooner and protected their fighter. Yeah, I, I think I'd lean more towards, um, you know, that they stopped it too early. They stopped the cash um, cow too early. Y- yeah, you know, because, um, you know, who knows? You know, maybe this guy's providing for the whole family. You know, yeah. I, I don't know the situation, but, yeah. um, you know, that could be the yeah. case. So as bad as it looked, by the way, mm-hmm. the, the post-analysis, the post-medical report was a broken nose and a separated shoulder. Oh, okay. For Lubin. Yeah. That's that's as bad as it was. Uh-huh. We talked about this a lot, right, uh, of several episodes ago or a few years ago now. You're about that every fighter, everybody's face responds differently mm-hmm. to how you get hit. Yeah. Some respond better than others, right? Some fighters, you get out of a fight and it doesn't even look like they've been touched, yeah. right? While others, immediately you start to see the welts and whatnot. And I, again, unless it was something that Lubin said in the corner that gave the trainer, you know, some indication that his fighter couldn't go out there anymore— yeah. I thought Lubin was on the brink, honestly, of landing another punch or two mm-hmm. and ending it. I also didn't like what they allowed Fundur to do, which was the Chico Corrales strategy of throwing your mouthpiece yeah. out, which bought more time. <laughs> yeah, there, there's got to be some kind of a penalty yeah. for that because that's ga- that's game changing. Well, here's here's the thing about that. Yeah, you know, generally, I remember watching that that yeah. part yeah. in the fight. Generally, they take him to the corner and yeah. have him rinse it off. Yeah, the referee put it right back in his mouth. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's right. They didn't. There was no cleaning of the uh, mouthpiece. And maybe that's because of you know the way that it was the yeah, mouthpiece came out. It's um, just I, I I didn't like it. Um, yeah. Again, as far as the stoppage, I didn't agree with it. But I don't know if he tried. You know, because yeah. Lubin didn't really complain too much about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. That I, that I was reading. Did you yeah. hear anything about? No, I didn't hear anything about it. Um, I know before the fight, you know, we both of us were kind of puzzled. Why? Why is this fight being made? You know, I, yeah. I, I think yeah. you know now after it, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, you know, because I don't think um, PBC was looking forward to another Lubin Charlo fight. Yeah, if Fandor pulls off this upset, yeah, you know, which which he did. Now you're looking at now you have Charlo, you have an opponent for Charlo, yeah, a, a Hispanic fighter. Is Fanduro with PBC? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. So, that makes you know, sense. So, you know, they can yeah. put him in there with him and then... But do um, they? But do they put him in there now? Or or did, you know, did Heyman and stuff, did they see too much out of this kid? There, there's no... Right? Um, Were they hoping that Lubin beats this guy? Yeah. I I think it's one of those where they, they feel like, okay, he's still young enough. He's still, yeah. you know, he got hit. You know, if, if, if he's... If he went down on, on Lubin's punches, yeah. that, you know, Charlo should be able to, to, to hurt him. Yeah. I think they're setting it up to where Fandora's next if, if Charlo gets by Castano. Yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. that's the only one, right? Because obviously uh, Charlo and Castano are fighting for the undisputed 154-pound mm-hmm. um, championship again in their rematch. Yeah. You got Tim Zhu hanging around there, Rick, right? Yeah. You got Sergio Garcia. You got Tony Harrison, who won in impressive fashion. Yeah, he beat uh, Sergio uh, Garcia. Not that, yeah. Yeah. Not the golfer. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> um, he, and by the way, Tony Harrison was saying that Lubin should retire. Yeah. Lubin said, you know, heck of a fight, but that he should retire. See, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, it was a tough fight, but I, I, I don't get it. It's just one fight. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't think it has to be that extreme. Yeah, no, I, I don't think, uh, you know, re- retirement is in order, but because um, he's right there. He's on the cusp of a title fight. Yeah. You know, just has to, you know, if he would have won this one, he probably gets a, the title fight. And again, you know, uh, credit to him, mm-hmm. right, for taking the risk. He doesn't have to fight this guy. Yeah. You know, Sebastian Frondura, 6'5". And, and by the way, you know, a lot of credit to Fundura. Yeah. I mean, this was a big test for him and obviously passed. Yeah. You know, so, showed some toughness because he was definitely hurt. That's right. You know, in, in you know, he said he took a knee. Yep. But he was definitely hurt with some shots and, yeah. um, you know, he's able to come back from it. Yeah. He said it was strategic that, you yeah. know, that he just took a knee. No, he was hurt. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I think it was a matter of time before Lubin hits him again. Yeah. But again, heck of a fight. We called this, right? We called this as being probably the fight. Of the weekend, uh-huh. right? We knew what was going to happen with the Triple G fight. This was the fight that we were looking forward to. And then, of course, the intriguing one, which we'll get to in the next segment, yeah. was Mosley and Rosado. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, so let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and break down the um, the other two cards that took place. Uh, the Ryan Garcia fight, McKayla Mayer, 
We'll be right back, Pacific Coast Boxing. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back, continuing the discussion. When we have a weekend of boxing that was this busy, mm-hmm. Rick, you almost have to have multiple segments and dedicate the show to it. Um, and on one hand, I love it, right? On yeah. the other hand, it's like some of these, which we talked about, some of these could have been um, just fights all unto themselves, yeah. right? Maybe could have happened on a Thursday night, a Friday night. Instead of all kind of overlapping on a Saturday, that's the only negative thing about the weekend. Yeah, you know, maybe put a couple on, uh, you know, put one on Friday, yeah, and two two on Saturday, yeah, and then you know, PBC sometimes does the those those Saturday or Sunday, uh, yeah, that's right, boxing shows. Because I had to record them. Yeah, I had to record. I mean, that's what else can you do? Mm. Yeah, there, there there was just too many. There's no many. Uh, three of those cards were going on at the same time. That's right. Yeah. Um, one of those cards that was going at the same time, the Ryan Garcia unanimous decision over Emmanuel uh, Tago. Yeah. Um, this one went twelve rounds. You know, I think this was the first time uh, Ryan Garcia had to go twelve. Um, you know, it, it was kind of a hard uh, fight to kind of say. Yeah. Did he look good? Did he not look good? Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't look great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was that hard at all, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, he didn't look good at all. Yeah. Okay, you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna fancy around it. Um, I'm not saying he looked horrible, uh-huh. but he didn't look impressive. Yeah. Okay. We talked about him needing to come back and and make an impressive showing. He didn't. Mm-hmm. This was the first time we've seen Ryan Garcia since January of. Uh, remember, we talked about it of yeah. 2021, right? Was it last year when he fought Luke Campbell? Yeah. yeah. That's how long ago it was, right? And so, yeah, was it ring rust? Was it, you know, the new uh, new trainer in Goosen? Mm-hmm. Was it just, you know, the opponent, Tag O, who was a little awkward, right? He, he, he ran a lot early. You know, he didn't really engage until right. you know, late. Maybe it's a, maybe it's yeah. one of those three, Rick. Maybe it's somewhere in there. Doesn't matter. Just not not very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to knock him out, right? He was trying yeah. to land. And by the way, he did land some big punches. Uh-huh. And so maybe Tag O just takes a good punch. Or maybe Ryan Garcia, right, was just a little rusty and didn't have the same pop. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Also kind of interesting that, um, you know, I didn't realize that this was like at a catch weight. Yeah. You know, they they, they weighed in at a 138. Yeah. I think 0.8. Oh, so, no so kidding. Was, I, didn't, um, I, I didn't see that. Yeah. So it wasn't at 135 um, like it generally is. But, you know, maybe that's because it's been, you know, almost. And, and that was to accommodate who, by the way, yeah, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, not Tago, who was about you know six or seven that, inches that, shorter. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It was a largely, I got to tell you, right, largely unimpressive. Yeah. Performance by and by the way, I'm not saying this right. I'm not a Ryan Garcia hater. I'm a big Ryan Garcia fan. By the standard and the bar that he has set, mm-hmm. Rick. Okay, this was very unimpressive. It was just kind of a whole hum performance. It just it, it's kind of weird because you know he was riding high after that Luke Campbell win. Yeah, you know he, he got knocked down. He came back. You know knocked him out in the seventh. Luke Campbell's you know not a bad you know he's a not good fighter. A great you good know, prize fighter. Solid yeah. solid then, prize fighter. Um, just lost all of his momentum and yeah this this probably didn't help. Um, you know get that momentum. Back. No, and there's the thing right. So right while well, he's been gone in a mm-hmm. year whatever, let's just say a year and a half, the lightweight division has moved on without him. Yeah. Right? You got uh, Devin Haney, who's fought twice, right? You got Cambosis, of course, that beats Tiafimo Lopez. So it's yeah. moved on. We talked about it last week. Jojo Diaz, right? Here's mm-hmm. the thing, okay? And let's get to his comments that he makes after the fight about no more call-outs, right? Yeah. And, you know, well, what's the point of calling out fights that don't happen? Okay, let's just remind him, okay? He was scheduled to fight Javier Fortuna, Rick. Mm-hmm. No-showed because yeah. of psychological issues. Okay, Jojo Diaz steps in, by the way, with a phenomenal performance. Then he scheduled the fight, the very same, the aforementioned Jojo Diaz. What happens? Hurts his hand and doesn't show up, right? And that's when Jojo Diaz fights Devin Haney, right? So, okay, the no more call-outs, right? Please. No more call-outs to who? To yourself for scheduling fights and not Mm -hmm. showing up, right? Because he was basically, you know... um, uh, inferring that, right, all these fights he'd like to make and they don't happen. He didn't show up to two fights yeah. where he was on the, where he was billing and headlining, Rick. He's only had to blame himself. Yeah. And you know, it could be, he's not even ready for one of these good, uh, you know, 
lightweights. Yeah. You know, he, I think he needs to fight another guy, like a um, Emmanuel Tago-ish, you know, f- fighter, just to see if he's going to get any better. Yeah. You know, it. it uh, I wouldn't throw him in there, you know, uh, against a tough fighter right now. I, th- I think he's going to end up losing right now. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the whole thing, right? That's why to me those those remarks he made were were garbage about yeah. no more callouts after he no showed two fights, mm-hmm. right? And Jojo Diaz steps in like the warrior that he is. Jojo Diaz, by the way, loved him on the telecast, right? Yeah, he was talking about right. Uh, he didn't say snooze fast, but yeah. basically just talking about he needed he, some coffee. Or right, that's right. To stay awake. <laughs> I and, thought that was great. Yeah. I thought that was great. Right. And then you know they they ask him, you know, hey, you've you've sparred with uh, Ryan yeah. Garcia. You know how fast is he? Yeah, it's not that fast. Right, it's not that strong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know what? And and at this point, I got to take his word for it, yeah. man. Um. And by the way, right, it's a matter of time, right? You haven't heard it yet. But 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 just wait. If he starts getting enough negative attention, and if he has another lackluster performance mm-hmm. like this, Goosen is out. Yeah, no, there's a good chance of that. Yeah, and it's yeah. just our styles just clash, right? I'm a certain type of fighter. I need a trainer that, and then next thing you know, Goosen's on the outs. Yeah, I guarantee you. Yeah, yeah. Rick Gervonta Davis has fought twice. Mm-hmm. Since uh, since he beat Luke Campbell. So has Devin Haney. Cambosa's fight. Jojo Diaz has fought twice. The lightweight division has moved on without him. Yeah. And so for him to make these comments about no more call-outs, okay? No, Ryan, you need to get back in the ring in about three months, Rick. Three mm-hmm. to f- We talked about it last week. He has to fight two more times yeah. in 2022. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. And you're right. You know, maybe he fights like a setup guy, but his like neck, that. but his last fight needs to be somebody of relevance yeah you know and yeah i'm trying to think of you know who, who would be the good opponent for him like uh, i mean if you want to fight a richard comey yeah i was that was the one i was kind of looking at right now okay that's fine you know i i would worry about throwing him in there with a would you throw him in there against lenares right now yeah see that would be a good fight too yeah. in fact that would be a really good matchup because lenares is on the other side uh-huh. right gets hit a lot so why not yeah. as a confidence booster and he's going to come to win you know, he's going to exactly come and right. he's going to come at him. Yeah. And, you know, let's see how it goes. And maybe he's got one more fight in him. You yeah. know, that's why. Remember, they were trying to set up the fight with Isaac Cruz and mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Yeah. They're blaming Isaac Cruz. You wonder. Yeah. So taking nothing away, right? I mean, whatever was going on with with Ryan Garcia and his personal issues, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they'll come back and say, I'm no more call outs. Yeah. When, when you know showed two fights. No, yeah, definitely. Um, also on this card, we had uh, the Marlon Esparza fight. She unanimous decision over. Uh, Naoko Fujioka. Yeah. Um, let me tell you, I'm really not impressed with the Sparza. I yeah. feel like she does not come in shape. Yeah. I feel like she gets tired in these fights. Yeah. And I think she gets knocked out if she fights Sinisa Estrada again. Yeah, it was kind of a kind of a battle, right? She yeah. was she was in the lead, right? And then um and by the way, uh Fujioka, mm-hmm. I think she's almost forty years old, isn't yeah. she? Or if she's yeah. not forty something. You want to look that up and and mm-hmm. uh, and fact check me, but amazing performance by her, by the way. She's a legend, sure, surefire Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, the fight that we want to see as Sparzin's got to fight Sinisa Estrada. Yeah, that's the fight we got to see, Rick. Yeah, there's it's, no it's, other fight. Yeah, it's the only one I'm interested in seeing um, Esparza in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, then we'll get to uh, you know my lock of the week and my disappointment of the week, Gabriel Rosado. You know, it was the uh, majority decision loss to Sugar Shane Mosley. Yeah. Uh, junior. Yeah. But, yeah, the other part was, how did one judge have this even? Yeah. You yeah, know, did, did he have it even? He, one, one, guy, one judge had it even. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I made it the lock of the week, and I didn't even have it even. <laughs> I didn't see that, see? Now, you're <laughs> not going to have the uh, the British Boxing Commission, uh-huh. right? I don't think they're going to come in and do... Uh, a whole deal like they did, right? Against um, yeah. Oh gosh, who was the guy that was a, what that was robbed oh, against? Uh, yeah, I forget his name. Yeah, how could we forget? Yeah, so quickly. But you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no idea by the way that uh, that 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 happened. Fujioka is 46, by the way. 46. See, 46. I'm telling you, 46 the, the, years. The Bernard, old. the Bernard Hopkins of. Yeah, that is amazing. She's a. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And yeah. what she. And by the way, she started coming back. Yeah, she was coming back in that fight, man. Right, yeah. yeah, that was that was uh, that was something else, man. Um, we n- now we got to go back to that fight, Rick. Whoever the British boxing board, I can't believe we can't yeah. remember that. The fans out there listening, saying, "You dumbasses, how can you guys not remember that?" Yeah. But but anyways, um, here's the thing, Rick. 
Okay, so Gabriel Rosado, right, who was kind of on the rise, okay? Yeah. So um, he has a good showing against Daniel Jacobs, right? Yeah. He has a trainer in um, Freddie Roach, right, who seemingly it's like a, a, a new, a, a resurgent Gabriel Rosado. Yeah. So very competitive against Daniel Jacobs. Doesn't win, but it was a competitive fight, right? Um, knocks out the bully Bechtemir, right? Yeah. Young, you know, young lion, right, with a great shot. Loses to Munguia, and, and a lot of people said, hey, that was very competitive. Yeah. Right? I told you this was the wrong fight for Rosado because he's fighting a guy that can box, and he doesn't do good against these guys. Yeah. And I thought, felt that Shane Mosley was going to be very motivated. And by the way, if you notice, by the way, this is the problem. It's kind of like a hitter, Rick, who hits a home run early in the game, and then all they're looking is to hit the home run. Yeah. Rosado now literally is in that ridiculous crouching stance where he thinks he's going to land that counter right against everybody now. Yeah. And, and it's what he's doing. He he just, he only hit Bechtemir with that. Yeah. And then. That's right. Yeah. He, he hadn't had a knockout other than that Bechtemir one since 2017. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point. Yeah. That's the whole point. By the way, it was Josh Taylor the guy I'm thinking about. Okay. Right. Against Catterall. Yeah. That was, that was the one with the British boxing. So I didn't realize that by the way. Um, so a judge had it even. The judge had it even. Yeah, and, and by the way, and you know, Rosado after every fight, right? He felt mm-hmm. that he won. You know, the Munguia fight. Mm-hmm. He's nodding and shaking his head like, "Geez, can't, can't believe it." Not even close. Yeah, no, he, and he posted on his Instagram that yeah. you know he's disappointed. He just didn't feel right that night. Yeah, and this and that, and but I don't need to see another um, Rosado fight. Well, the thing is, though, Rick. Okay, he still got the name, right? Uh-huh. And he's going to say, hey, he still hasn't been knocked out. Like I said, man, I, I don't know why people don't consult me. Mm-hmm. I'd be a really good manager for boxing. I really yeah. would because I know, the, I know the fights that make sense and the ones that don't and the ones that have too much, too many inherent risks, Rick, mm-hmm. right? It's no different than a portfolio that you have to manage. It's like, no, man, that's a, that's a bad investment. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Even if you beat Mosley, what does mm-hmm. that do for you? Yeah. It doesn't do anything. No. Right? He's better off. He was trying to call out Demetrius Andrade, and that's what he should have stuck on. Yeah, yeah, because he would have gotten the money for this fight. Losing this fight, yeah. he's, he's cost himself a lot of money, a lot of leverage too. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah, because now what's he going to do? Now, by the way, now he does have to fight Bechtermir the bully again. Yeah, that, that that's the rematch or or, or fight a, um, you know up-and-coming guy yeah. like uh, Edgar Berlanga. Yeah, and by the way, yeah, and by the way uh, uh, Bechtermir knocks him out this time. Yeah, more yeah, than likely. But, you know, he's but not there's be. a fight. That you're right. Be, uh, Berlango would be a decent fight yeah. for him. Yeah, it, it's uh, you know, but now yeah, gate your infamous gatekeeper status. That's exactly right. Not a ham and egger, Rick. No, not a ham and egger. But a gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Um, so we'll move on to the uh, ESPN card. We had Michaela Mayer unanimous yeah. decision over uh, Jennifer Hahn. Yeah. And um, did she pick up another title on this one? Uh, Michaela I, Mayer. Yeah. I think I think I think she uh, unified one of the belts and she wants to uh, pick up the other two. So yeah, so she's now she's the WBO and IBF mm-hmm. title holder. Yes, she wants to face right. Her deal is she wants to fight Alicia Baumgartner, who's in action this weekend. Mm-hmm. So she's been calling out Baumgartner and Hyun Mi Choi, the Korean fighter. Yeah, and then if she isn't able to get either one of those, she wants the Serrano uh, Katie Taylor. Um, yeah, which 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 would be fine, right? Yeah. You talk about like what a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, forget about you know for just boxing period, but for women's boxing, that would yeah. be just off the you know off the hook if we can get those mm-hmm. those those two to fight oh, w- yeah, without definitely. without a doubt. Yeah, she looked impressive. By the way, she just completely you know overwhelmed mm-hmm. her opponent. And then also on this card, we had uh, Giovanni Santian yeah. uh, knockout in the seventh round yeah. over uh, Barraza. Yep. Um, this is a this is Thompson Promotions fighter yeah. um, that yeah. we've seen fight a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't he out of San Diego? Yeah. 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 We saw him at the, uh, well, the Nem- Navaretti uh, That's right. Yeah, that's fight. exactly right. Uh, the um, And both Maloney's won their fights on yeah. this card. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's it for the... Uh, there you go, Rick. Busy, busy mm-hmm. weekend of fighting. We got a big weekend coming up of fights. We got to cover the Ugas and Spence Jr., of course. Big welterweight uh, unification, at least for those two belts. And then um, a whole bunch of other fighters on that undercard. We'll get right back to it. Pacific Coast Boxing.
Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. All right, Rick, we got a huge card again this weekend. This time it's not the four, mm-hmm. okay, but it still is a pretty big card, Rick. Yeah, and for us, you know, it's going to start on Friday. That's right. At the Thompson Boxing um, out in uh, Ontario. Yep. Uh, looking forward to that. You know, always great fights out there. Um, doors open 6.30. First fight is starting at 8. Um, you know, always enjoy going out there and watching these fights. Yeah, that's one. I've, we've said it before, man. That is just, uh, it, it's it's a fight fans venue, mm-hmm. right? You got everything you need. The concession stands. I mean, the restrooms. The parking, right? Yeah. Seriously, right? It's like that's some of like the some of like the key attributes, right? When you're going to attend an event, check, 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 and then yeah. of course the most important thing, the quality of the fights. Mm-hmm. Are, are you seeing competitive fights? Are you watching good fights? And I tell you, man, I've I've yet to go to a Thompson Boxing promoted event and not walk away satisfied with the product. Yeah, not no. once. No, and then this one, you know, you've got, um, you know, Ruben Villa. You know, returning. Um, Turner Ruben Villa. You know, he, uh, former title contender. Yeah. You know, uh, fought Navaretti to a yeah. know, close fight. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him, man, since uh, October of 2020, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he gives Navaretti all he could ask for. Yeah. Um, I actually had Ruben Villa, right, uh-huh. picked a win in that fight. Yeah. Close fight, doesn't win, slick lefty, like, where have you been? Yeah. No, no, we look look forward to seeing him out there and, you know, see if, uh, you know, he's been working on, on some things and, uh, you know, see how it looks. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. A um, couple other fighters on this, you know, on the um, the co-feature. Yep. You got Richard Cool Breeze Brewer. Yep. Of uh, Rancho Cucamonga, and he's going to fight Walter Two Guns Wright from Seattle, Washington. Yep. Yeah, so looking forward to these 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 fights, and um, you know, hope to see uh, the fans out there. Quality stable of fighters, Rick mm-hmm. at Thompson Boxing Promotions. We'll be covering the fight there for Pacifico's Boxing, of course, representing mm-hmm. Mario Serrano, right? Who is all class at that particular outfit. Can't wait. Yeah, no, can't wait. Um, also on Saturday, you know, with the the big uh, Spence Junior. Ugas fight, uh, sh- was it Fox or Showtime pay per view? Yeah. Um it's uh it's showtime pay per view. Yeah. Um but a great card. Yeah. You know, Spence, Ugas, you know, we'll get into the undercard, but um, you know, we've got a unification bout. Yep, a little welterweight unification bout, Rick. Of course, Ugas is there because he beats and dethrones the great Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. Both fighters with twenty seven wins. Earl Spence, of course, twenty seven and oh. Ugas is 27 and 4. Mm-hmm. Of those four, the only uh, fighter that you'll recognize of those four was Sean Porter. Yeah. Okay, the other three, I guarantee you won't recognize them, Rick. Mm-hmm. And that loss to Sean Porter, by the way, questionable. Yeah. By by a lot of people. Not a big puncher. Ugas, only 42% knockout. Spence, on the other hand, 78% knockout of his 27 wins. Both fighters, 5'10. Ugas, of course, listed as orthodox. Of course, Earl Spence Jr. is a southpaw, Rick, but he's anything but orthodox, Yeah, right? Has kind of an awkward style of fighting. Um, and then, of course, he has the infamous Cuban right. Yeah. You know, and, you know, when breaking down this fight, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I was thinking about picking a winner. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's tough because that Cuban right, you know, it's, it's kind of like the crane uh, yeah. kick. You know, yeah. if you do it right, you know, yeah. can't be defense. And by the way, it, it is okay, it is um it is a right hand, right? Uh-huh. That is not your straight one two. Uh-huh. Okay, it's not your straight one two. It's kinda like a roundabout, yeah. right? By the way, very similar to um the Rocky Marciano, right, by the way, yeah. uh but with Rocky Marciano, Rick, it was called the Susie Q. Mm-hmm. Rocky Marciano was a was more of a baseball player, really yeah. not a fighter, by the way. But but he had this like really weird like roundabout mm-hmm. right. So it's the same thing. Little did we know that, yeah. that Rocky Marciano had the Cuban right as well. Mm-hmm. So here's the question though: Can he land that Cuban right right on the ish on the on the eye of Spence Jr. Uh-huh. that had the retina issue, the orbital bone issue, uh, all of the work with the the dental work that happened as a result of the accident? Mm-hmm. Spence Jr. saying this week that he feels he's on borrowed time because part of what they were asking him is, you know, why would you take such a tough fight as Ugas? Why not take some kind of a tune-up? Yeah. And Spence is saying, look, I'm on borrowed time. Yeah. I've got to fight nothing but the best. And so I appreciate and respect him doing that. 
at the end of the day, right? This is a champion. This is a guy who fights a very, again, right, almost like Tago and Ryan Garcia, Rick, not your standard fighter. Mm -hmm. um, I still have Spence winning this fight. And I think he does need to look impressive, Rick, especially based on what Terrence Crawford just did against Sean Porter. Yeah, no, I, I think he does. Um, you know, th that kind of has me worried, you know, because I, every, I think the whole world wants to see Spence Jr. versus Crawford. Yeah. And, um, you know, we kind of feel like something's going to prevent that from happening. I hope it's not this fight. Um, you know, I hope Earl Spence looks good you know, comes out of this okay, and we get that fight after this. I think we will, Rick. Again, just the fact that, you know, you got now, Sean Porter gives everybody a tough fight. Mm -hmm. Sean Porter gave um, Earl Spence Jr. a tough fight, yeah. right? He's he's kind of mauling. He's in your face, right? Oh. He kind of, it's more about, it's a wrestling slash, slash boxing match. Yeah. Um, and he was able to beat Ugas, who's the taller fighter, Yeah. okay? Um, Spence is 5'10", so Ugas mm -hmm. doesn't have the size advantage like he did against Porter, like yeah. he did against Manny Pacquiao. So this is a guy that's same size, but of course Spence Jr. is um, is the southpaw, like yeah. I mentioned earlier. So I think because of that, I think Spence is going to be able... The only thing, of course, right, is does he get hit in the eye? Yeah. Does he get hit somewhere, right? And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden... Now you're not fighting anymore. Now you're on the defense trying not to get hit. Yeah. And once you do that, Rick, you're done in this business. No, yeah. Um, you know, but I, but you look at the matchups and you just feel like, okay, Earl Spence, you know, he, he throws so many punches. Um, you know, Ugas really not having the punching power to probably keep Spence honest. That's he's right. gonna he's gonna keep coming forward, keep coming forward. And you know. Spence should win this fight, but, you know, those intangibles, you know, could make this a lot closer. That's why it's going to be an interesting yeah. fight, and that's why it's not overwhelmingly in his favor, favor for uh, in Vegas. Yeah, no. Um, but I love this card as well. Yeah. You know, like the undercard, you know, you have uh, Butaev, uh, who has some kind of regular claim to one yeah. of the titles against uh, Stan Yonis. Yep. Um, but then when you get past that one, you know, you've got Isaac Cruz, yep. Yorkie Scamboa. Yep. Um you know, looking forward to that one. You've got uh, Cody Crowley and Josecito Lopez. Yeah. You know, I think this. I think we're really looking forward to this one. Jose Valenzuela against uh, Francisco Vargas. Yeah. Um, before we get to that one, back to the Cruz mm -hmm. and the Yorkies Gamboa, right? Yeah. I mean, so this is uh, Isaac Pitbull Cruz, right, that yeah. gave Gervonta Davis, right, a heck of a fight. This is the one that they couldn't quite set up for some reason with um, with uh, Ryan Garcia. Uh -huh. So um, this has got to be one of Yorkie's Gamboa's last fights, isn't it? it you, you would think How so. How long are we going to see this poor guy, Rick? Yeah. Right? No. Uh, but I think until somebody actually puts him out of his misery, he's going to keep doing it. Yeah. So, But still, right, very. It, it, that's a good fight simply uh -huh. because, right, you're pulling for Isaac Pitbull Cruz mm -hmm. to do well, which puts him in line. Yeah. Right? Possibly, we were talking earlier about an opponent for uh, you know Ryan Garcia. If it's not Linares, if it's not Richard Comey, there's a guy. If he yeah. looks impressive and then he calls out Ryan Garcia, mm -hmm. that's got the makings of a big fight, but perfect opponent because he's like you know three feet shorter than uh, than Garcia. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know maybe he can borrow the uh, Canelos for the fight to you know even it out a little bit, but. Um, other than that, yeah, it's it's a fight that uh, Ranger should take. You know, he's got what I'm every saying. advantage in the book against Isaac Cruz. Everything, and so you know, we'll, we'll see if that happens. But, except, uh, except he's not going to out tough yeah. Isaac Cruz. Yeah, that's the difference here, and so that's what I'm saying. So I'm pulling for Isaac Cruz yeah. to do well. The other fight you talked about, El Rayo Valenzuela, mm -hmm. Rick. I've had the honor and the privilege of watching him spar. Uh, live there, right, under the tutelage of Jose Benavides, of course, David Benavides's father. That is the uh, the trainer uh -huh. for El Rayo. Looks so impressive, Rick. Yeah. I, I've, I've watched him spar against some really good fighters, Joet Gonzalez, um, and he looks impressive. We talked about this before, Rick. Big fans of Francisco uh -huh. El Bandido Vargas. His glove is right here. Yeah. Right, right above me. He's got one of the best autographs on a glove we've ever had. Uh -huh. Actually draws the picture of the bandit. Uh, yep. But this is it for him, Rick. Yeah, the, you know, the, unfortunately this could be the um the end. Yes. Of Francisco Vargas. Yes. And Yorkis Gamboa, same night. Well, yeah, and of course Vargas who's achieved more than Gamboa, but <laughs> yeah. but but it's not going to be. That's the, yeah. that's the thing. We're still going to see Vargas 
Well, we may not see him, mm-hmm. but he'll be fighting on some card in TJ yeah. or somewhere in Mexico. That's just the way it is. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But um, but still, this is a good fight and a good opportunity, though. By regardless, he's a name. He's a former champion, yeah. and and he's tough, right? So, still um, a good name, and it should be still a good fight. Yeah. Right. I, I obviously everything I've said. I think that you know Rayo Jose Valenzuela is going to win, mm-hmm. but it but uh, but it may not be easy early. Yeah, no, no. It, it uh, Francisco Vargas is going to come to fight. Yep. You know, but um, you know the, the cuts. You know, he may just may get knocked out. You know, um, brutally late. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, I mean, your lock of the week, right? Is that is is this the one? Especially after last week. Oh no, Rosado, no, no, right? no, no. Yeah, no. Probably no, not no. a bad idea no, to go no, for no. Come no? Come on. It, it's just is uh, you know I don't uh, you know no uh, no cupcakes for me. Not gonna cherry yeah. pick it, huh? Yeah. yeah no. No low hanging you know, fruit. Who who am I? You know one of the Charlos. Where, okay. Yeah, come on. All right. I'm curious um, to who's it gonna be then. Yeah. Um, because you didn't pick Spence or Uga. So I think no, you said no, Spence. no. We have one more card that we have to go over. Okay. Um, Brandon Lee uh, yeah. versus uh, Zachary Ochoa. Yeah. You know, always excited to see the, the Brandon Lee fights. Yeah, and so you know, we keep asking right for um, Brandon Lee to step up. So he's fighting uh, Ochoa, mm-hmm. uh, Puerto Rican fighter Rick. Yeah, so <laughs> always tough. Yeah, yeah. So I figured you'd be excited about that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's twenty-one and two. Right, but only thirty percent knockouts. Okay, yeah. so this isn't a guy who's you know who's a big heavy puncher. Um, two losses were to pretty much unknown fighters. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I don't see this being a big stepping stone other than in, in record. Brandon Lee fighting a twenty-one and two. After this, Rick, it's time that he steps up. Yeah, we've been saying this since episode thirty that it's time for him to step up. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, there's just got to be a point, man, where it's enough for these quick knockouts, and it'll be interesting. Yeah. He's going to get by this fight again easy. Yeah, no, look, yeah, looking forward uh, to seeing it. Yep. Um, also, this weekend, we're on, we've got a DAZN card from Manchester, England. Yeah. We've got Connor Ben oh, versus there you go. Chris Vander. Yeah, there you Van go. Van <laughs> Yes. You know, 12 yes. rounds, welterweights. Yep. Yep, there you go. Let, the, let, let me guess. There, there's, there's the lock of the there's week. There's the lock of the week. Connor gotcha. Ben, old faithful. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, when all else fails, and you know, people are, you know, that's right. You know, come back to Connor Ben. Yep, Connor, where have you been? Yeah, uh, makes sense. And pre- by the way, there's there is a 147 pound fighter Rick, yeah. that is looking to step up and fight other mm-hmm. fighters. So definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, one. always calling everybody out. You know, and a gr- great interview. Yep, no, that's exactly yeah. right. By the way, he's warned his opponent Van Heerd, and he says a lot of firepower coming his way. Yeah. How can you how can you pick against him? Yeah, exactly, and I uh, believe him. Yeah. Um, also on this card, we've got Alicia uh, Baumgartner. Yep. <coughs> versus Edith Matisse. Yep. Yeah, and that by the way, the uh, the aforementioned Baumgartner, because that is the fighter that um, Michaela Mayer, by the way, is calling out. Yeah. Who holds the uh, the other uh, version, the WBC version of the 130 pound uh, women's championship. Yeah, and also on this card we've got Campbell Hatton. Yeah, we, we mentioned his father earlier. Yep. Um, so interested to see how his, uh, you know, young career starts yep. developing. Yeah, that's there you go. So there you go, Rick. So you yep. got uh, Connor Ben in your lock of the week. Lock of the week. And that is this weekend in boxing. Another big, another big uh, cards coming up, yeah. man. All right, so we got a couple more things. We got a little bit of boxing news. Um, and then we got, of course, the big stat of the week. Yeah. And we'll wrap up round number 10. We'll be right back. As if it goes boxing is back, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado. All right, Rick, we got a little bit of news, and then we'll wrap it up with the huge stat of the week. Yeah, uh, so Floyd Mayweather, um, he's got an exhibition scheduled for yeah. May 14th yep. in Dubai. It's going to be on a helipad on top of a hotel. Um, he's going to fight a former sparring partner, Don yeah. Moore, Yeah, an eight-round fight. Yeah, it's interesting, right? This is what I was saying earlier about he's uh, comparing himself to Warren Buffett mm-hmm. and Sam Walton from uh, – course the ceos of uh of walmart basically saying that you know he's still he's still milking the game yeah right he goes just like these guys were making money in their 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s so is he in boxing so he's not sure why people are hating and from my perspective i'm not hating what he's doing yeah 
Okay. I think what's key, I think, is that he's not fighting anybody relevant. Yeah. And technically, he still can at his age, mm-hmm. right? But I got no issues with him doing what he's doing. Yeah, no. Somebody wants to pay him that money, go for it. But here's the thing. It's not that people are hating. It's that people don't care. Yeah. And That's I, what it is. And, and if enough people say, you know what, I'm not going to watch this, yeah. he's going to stop doing it. That's exactly yeah, right. Well, was, wasn't it the Logan Paul fight or one of those that uh-huh. he they had to move because they just didn't get enough interest yeah. in that fight? Yeah. Right. So that's the thing. It's like, no, people are not hating Mayweather because you're making money. We don't care. Yeah. Right. It's the the, the, the proverbial more power to you. If somebody mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia wants to pay you 50, 60 million, go for it. But we can care less. It's not yeah. a it's not a real fight. No. Right. That doesn't mean we're hating you for making all that money. In fact, I think it's great. Yeah, I think he's smart doing what he's doing. He's a smart business person. So yeah, if he can make the money, you know, yeah, more power to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Usyk Joshua yeah. two fight um, has been scheduled for July twenty third. A location hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's looking like it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, good. Yeah, and I hear uh, like more like July or something, right? At this or, point, yeah, July twenty third. Yeah. Um. The WBA has ordered Leo Santa Cruz versus Lee Wood yeah. for the 126-pound title. And that's good, by the way. If you recall, right, Josh Warrington was, uh, you know, they were calling out Lee Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see George, Josh Warrington fight Mauricio Lara. Yeah. That's who deserves that sh- that shot, right, since he beat uh, Warrington in convincing fashion. And, yeah, that's a good fight. And plus it keeps and puts Santa Cruz back at 126 where, yeah. where he belongs. No, yeah, definitely. Um, and then the winners could fight one, you know, one another at exactly. that point. Exactly. Uh, Michaela Mayer, uh, she just signed a multi-year deal with Top Rank. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, he was downplaying women's boxing. And yeah, then, that's right. But he was smart enough to, um, yeah, you know, sign Michaela Mayer. Yeah, on the heels, right, of yeah. those what I think very derogatory, right, mm-hmm. demeaning comments against you know comparing the women's boxing. You know, it's like Premier League to women's boxing, yeah. and yeah, unbelievable. And then, yeah, that's it for the boxing news. All right, Rick. Then let me set it up. The stat of the week, okay? Everybody's favorite um, section of our podcast. What do we got? So yeah, I found a, an article about um, you know heights, reaches. Yeah. And it, it's what they call um, ape index. Yeah. So it's basically you take your height in inches. Yeah. And your reach in inches, and the difference okay. between the two, and who had you know the the highest difference. Um, between the two, yeah, you know, in history, in the history of boxing. Yeah. Well, again, the only reason I I, I believe this would be it, mm-hmm. right? I told you I read his book. Um, is that Sonny Liston had a reach of a, of of eighty four inches? Yeah, and it was a big deal because he wasn't all. By the way, Rick, Sonny Liston was all of six feet, maybe six, six one. Six one, they have him listed at. Yeah, yeah. See, so that's why. So that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, that thing was a cannon. Yeah. Okay. They, you know, he didn't paw that job that jab out. I mean, that that jab broke noses and stuff. So he used it to his advantage. So. He should he right at eighty four inches his yeah. reach yeah he he has the um the reach yeah. of somebody who's seven who should be seven feet tall no kidding yeah. wow um so wow. You know, interesting you know a lot of a lot of fighters on here yeah. um you know number two was Hasim Rockman yeah you know he he was seven and a half inches yeah uh, there's difference um, I'll tell you a guy the guy in the poster right above you we're right, we're coming up to the anniversary Tommy Hearns and uh-huh. Ma- Marvin Hagler fought on April fifteenth. He had a long reach. And and both of them too. Um, you know, the difference between the two mm-hmm. uh was um six inches for Marvin Hagler yeah. and five for Tommy Hearns. No kidding. Who are huh? thirteen and fifteen on the list. Yeah, no and, kidding. But a lot of heavyweights. You know, yeah. you've got uh, So you had who'd you say? Sonny Liston was number one? Sonny Liston one, Hasim Rockman two, yeah, uh James Buster Douglas two uh three. Yeah. Um Sam Langford, Steve Cunningham. Yeah. You've got uh, Lennox Lewis at six. Yeah. Um, Adonis Stevenson yeah. at, at eight. What's uh, interesting, though, right, is that it's it's only an advantage, though. It's a competitive advantage if your mm-hmm. style lends itself and uses yeah. it, though. Yeah. Right? And Larry Holmes at number 10. Yeah. Yeah, see, that makes sense, yeah. right? That makes sense when you think about it. Again, there's another guy, right, Larry Holmes, who would pump that left jab. Mm-hmm. Out there, you'd only see it when it was coming back, not when it was coming towards you. Yeah. Um, because some of those other fighters, I mean, like Hasin Rachman at number two. Yeah. Although I think didn't Rachman knock out one of the Klitschkos? Um, he knocked out 
uh, Lennox Lewis. Oh, he knocked out sure. Lennox Lewis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there you have it. Yeah. But not considered a great fighter. But, you know, obviously the great mm-hmm. Sonny Liston, great Larry Holmes. Um, but mostly on the heavyweight division. Yeah. And other than Tommy Hearns and Hagler down mm-hmm. at 13 14. There you go, Rick. Again, good stat, good information, but you got to be able to use it to your advantage. Yeah. Otherwise, it does absolutely nothing. But so even the um, uh, the Tower Inferno, uh-huh. right? So he's not on there probably because he's so tall. Yeah, well, he right? was 6'5", uh, but his arms aren't that long. Yeah. He's only got a difference of about three inches. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Which which tells you a lot, right, about mm-hmm. why when people say, well, geez, he's so tall, he should be using that more uh-huh. to his advantage, but they're... You just provided some reason as to maybe why he has to fight more in the pocket. Yeah. Even though he's that tall, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the reach as, a, as an advantage. What a fight against Lubin. Yeah. What a podcast this was. Good stuff. Can't wait for the fights this weekend, Rick. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week.